How are we doing today? Everybody all right? If you need a refuel of your coffee, go ahead. If you need a kickstart with a iced tea with some caffeination in there, you go ahead and take it and give yourself some life. How many people are morning people? Let me see your hands. Those who say, I'm a morning person, I like to get up, I have all the energy I need. And you are the minority in here, you know. Who of those need a little extra time? You might hit that snooze alarm a little bit more than once. And when you get up, you kind of roll out and you're hoping that the shower is going to be hot and you hope the coffee is on because you need a little kickstart. Let me see those hands. Okay. So are we all awake now? The morning people will say, that. bring it, bring it. I'm the early bird gets the worm. Those ones who need a little extra start, there's coffee here. We understand you, and we got something for you. I'm a morning person, and uh, I, sometimes I whistle. I haven't done that lately. Uh, I've been so busy. I forgot, I've, been, I've been forgetting to whistle in the morning. But anyway, um, I'm going to bring up a question to you today. Can I do that? Uh, let's bring this up. I found an old slicer in the garage, and I don't know how old it is. It's a General Electric. It's a slicer. It does meat and carvings. And, and, I, and I found it, and I thought, wow, look at that old thing. And I even found the manual to it, as you can see right there. And I displayed it, took a picture of it. And let me ask you a question. Are we doing what we are meant to do? I don't know about you. It was sitting in the garage. It wasn't doing anything, was it? And I bring it in. I was so happy to bring it in. I cleaned it up, and I made it sparkle. And, and then my wife says to me, well, honey, you don't even eat meat. And she's right. So anybody here that likes to carve a turkey, anybody here likes to carve those kinds of things, I've got a knife just for you. It is clean. It looks good. And, I, you know, it's been tested, and it's all ready for you. Are we doing what we're meant to do? Let me ask you. Let me, I'm going to tell you, we've been talking a lot about healing before Christmas and the vacation. I'm going to tell you today, we can find healing from wrong thinking. There is a healing that you and I can get from Jesus that makes us think rightly. The Bible says this, that we have a problem right here. It's the way we think. And so if we want to be transformed into the image of Jesus, we've got to start working at this right here. You know what I'm saying? We don't always think right. We don't always think according to God's word. Are you with me today? You know what I'm saying? I want to. I read his word. Often the word of God gives me revelation. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Now I've got to get this aligned to who he is and who he made me to be so I can walk in that revelation. Do you understand? Often we read God's word and we don't make it connect. The Bible says this. You can hear it of God's word. You can read his word. But if you're not a doer of it, you know what I'm saying? That's the part that can be hard. Doers of God's word. And so today we're going to work a little bit for this. I'm going to tell you, this scripture is ripping me up. Okay, the, listen, the wrong thinking. Whoever has thought wrongly of your potential, let me see your hand. I hope I'm not the only one. I'm not even going to open my eyes. I'm just going to raise mine. Okay, I don't really care if you are or not raising your hand. I know I have done that. And so today I'm just coming before Jesus. Say, Jesus, fix me up. I need revelation. Now look at this scripture. Now to Jesus who is able. Jesus is able. Who says he's king of kings? Let me see your hands. King of kings, Lord of lords. And it says he is able. Well, I believe he's able to do anything he wants. Do you? Do you? So... Jesus, who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all 
that we ask or, or think. Who here has been wrongly thinking at times? Okay. I'll be beyond what you're able to think. He is good according to what? The power that works within us. Okay, here's what gets me. Okay, the power that works in us. Now, we say God is all-powerful. He can do anything he wants. He can stop the storm. He can cause what He can do everything, anything, right? He is God. Now, he chooses to use power in us. Now, that's something I've got to think about a little bit. So Jesus says, there's a power I'm going to do in you. So it's got to come from you. Right? If he's going to do it in you, a power, then it's got to do something. Once it's in, it's got to do something. It's got to come out some way. It's got to be. So wrong thinking, God says, I'm going to put a power in you to do something. Wrong thinking, we say, well, I'm just not worthy. Right? Wrong thinking. Or I just can't, I don't have enough Bible teaching to do that. Or, or I, couldn't, I couldn't pray for that person. I, I don't know what I'd say. Wrong thinking. You see what I'm saying? God says, I put a power in you not to be wasted. I put a power in you to be used. So are we doing what God is calling us to do? Right thinking would say, Jesus, I'm zealous for you. I love you. I trust you. I know who you are, and I know who I am in you. So I'm just going to step out. I don't quite know what, what I'm, what I'm going to say. not quite sure what I'm going to do, but I'm trusting you that you're going to give me the right words in the power that you speak about to do it. Does that make sense? Right thinking takes us down that path. So we don't want to think wrongly. We want to think rightly. So the power that works within us to him, to Jesus, be the glory in the church, which is us. It's cool that he chooses the church to do it because we are his body. Body is supposed to do something. Do you have a member on your body that doesn't do something? I, I, I'm thinking this hair because I'm losing a lot of that. So I'm thinking there must not be a use for that. Do you know as you get older, there's hair that grows in other parts of the body? No, okay, we'll go on ears and nose and all. I said, but anyway, there must not be use to that. And all of a sudden he says, well, I need use there. I'm gonna, boy, we'll get to heaven while asking those questions. Within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus. To all. Okay, here it is. Was that a promise back then? See, some people believe the church is powerless. That the power that was done in the days of his apostles have vanished. Well, what is the power for then that works within us to give Jesus glory? It says, to Jesus, to all generations forever and ever. To me, that tells me something. God's got a plan. He's going to do power to do it, to bring him glory, and he chooses to do it to his church, which is today, and will continue to do that work in and through us to what? Ever and ever. So if someone says, well, I don't believe Jesus can heal people today, or I don't think Jesus is going to use his gifts of the Holy Spirit today because, I, you know, that died with the apostles. I've got news for you. What is the power of Jesus for? Isn't it to bring salvation to you and I? Isn't it to bring the truth of his word to you and I? Isn't it that he wants his church to be powerless today so his body just sits and him being the head? Can you imagine how frustrating that is? Okay, who's old in here? 
Okay. We're just, we don't do the things we used to do. Have you ever found yourself doing things that you used to do, and all of a sudden you wake up the next morning thinking, oh, dear Betsy, what did I just do? I'm reminded that I'm not the same 20-year-old. Wrong thinking, right? Let's get this right thinking in here. So obviously, as we get older, we are learning to what? To do things according to what your strength is. I don't know why we do things thinking that we can get away with it. You pick that up. Hey, honey, could you pick that up? Sure, I'll pick it up. The next day you're like, oh, word is that. Okay, as, but here it is. Why would Jesus be in the head? You know how frustrated you are with yourself? The head of a body, Jesus sits and his body doesn't do anything. Oh, I'm too old to do that. I don't want to pick that up. How frustrating would it be for the head of his church to sit by and watch his church do nothing? He is the head of the body, which means he's got work to do, and he wants to use us as his members to do it. So we must find what we are called to do and step into it. You know how beautiful that's going to be? Because every one of us is here for a reason, and every one of us is carrying something in his power to do something, which is kind of cool. Let's go into a scripture. Have anybody ever done research in the Bible on scriptures you've known over the years? I have known this one for a long time. And what is cool about it is if you go back and study it, you'll find out there's so much more than what you thought you knew. Okay, power, love, and sound mind. Everybody know where that is? It's a very good one. We hold tight to that. And so I'm thinking today what we'll go into is this scripture, 2 Timothy 15, 7. Let's go there. For I am mindful. Here's Paul talking to Timothy. Now you have to understand something. Paul is in a prison. He spent time with Timothy. He actually commissioned him. He's laid hands on him. He is proud of him. Can you imagine this young man finding a mentor like Paul? I would love to have a mentor like Paul. Wow, can you imagine that kind of teaching? And so here he is. Here's Paul speaking to his faithful servant in a letter to Timothy. Listen, for I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, Timothy, which first dwelt in your grandmother, Lois. Who's the Lois in here? Anybody know Lois? Grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. I got to stop right there. I am so thankful for my grandmother. See, you don't understand. My family was, was raised in, uh, with this grand, grandmother and grandfather prayed for us every day. My grandfather went to his knees every morning to pray for his family. And my grandmother, I mean, when I went there, now they, they were born and raised in the Nazarene church, so they're very strict, very strict, but they love God. Now, I know there is some religion in some denominations, I'm not saying this one had, but they didn't let anything go on. There was, there was very black and white, okay? And believe me, there's nothing wrong with that. Whatever you're, live by your convictions, but don't live distant from God's spirit. See, the closer you get to his spirit, the more time you spend with his spirit, the more conviction you have in your life to be pure. So the more time you spend in his presence and in his word, you're going to find things, you go, well, I, I don't feel real comfortable with that anymore. Now, my grandma and grandfather were Nazarenes, and they were very staunch people, but they loved Jesus. She was the pillar of our family. And you know, I don't know where I'd be today without her prayers. I'm honest about that. Can you say that about some people in your family? 
Now, if you're starting your own generation right now, I'm going to tell you something. You may not have come from people in your past that were very devoted and lovers of God. And so you may be a little confused about all this excitement. But I'm telling you today this. Start now. Get in the presence of God and build your foundations. Because you know what's so cool? It's the foundation I plant for my family, for my children. It's the, it's the same platform they get to stand upon to build theirs. Do you know, every time I try to teach my children something in God's word, I take the time now. I didn't always do that. Sometimes you, you ever get frustrated with your children? And you thought you just taught that yesterday? And you have to teach it again today? And tonight and tomorrow morning, and you're thinking, why well, I don't get this. You get a little frustrated. Let me tell you something. Spend time. Teach your children why it is wrong. What does God's word say? Let the word of God nourish them. And as you teach them from the word, not from your experience. Well, my mother used to say, or my father used to say, you say, God's word says this. And this is why, honey, I'm doing this. This is why I'm feeling very strong about this. And so you teach them the word of God. Why? Because they can stand upon the platform, upon the, the, the foundation, the rock that you could build your house on. You know what I'm saying? They could build on the foundation you poured. And they could be further ahead than what you were as a child. Build the foundation in your home today. Do not let the enemy steal the seed of your family. Pour into your children. Love them. You can love your children to death if you don't have the word in there. You can love them to death and think you're doing a great job. Without God's word, we are, whoa. You know what I'm saying? We're so lost. Well, I can tell you about my experience. I went up, you know, uphill in my bare feet in wintertime to school. And you bring that on, I'm like, it was tough on my day. Well, it was a little different back in my time. And some of you even had it harder. Well, who cares about that? That's not reasoning. Reasoning is using God's word. That's what builds a foundation, right? And I love this. Lois and Eunice are the reason why Timothy is who he is. Timothy. Man, it's good stuff. Thank you, Lois, and thank you, Eunice. Because, because of what they have, Paul says this. I am sure that it is in you as well. Because these women are faithful right down the generation, and you're in that same family. So I know that you have what they have. I can see it, but I know you have a foundation that's strong and true. Isn't that good? For your family, too, and mine. Let's go on. It says here, for this reason, I remind you the kindle. <laughs> Who's got a kindle? To kindle afresh the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. When I first got saved, they wanted me to hold hands in a prayer group. I was freaking out about that. That was very uncomfortable for me. I needed my distance. Now I'm hugging on all over you guys. Gotta keep my distance, you know? It was hard for me. And then I go to my first church that is a little bit more Pentecostal in some ways, and I thought, oh, God, you're gonna have to help me with this. And they talk about laying on the hands. Bible speaks about it. There is something that happens when there's a laying on hands. There's a commissioning and an ordination that happens when we lay hands on people and pray for them. There is something that travels in and through you. I don't understand it, and I don't have to. By God's word, it is done. 
And by, Paul was saying the same things. Afresh, kindle afresh. You know what that means? We're, we're getting ready for building some fires again, aren't we? Who's got, who's got a fireplace in their house? Oh, isn't it night? You'll burn some wood in there. Who's got just the gas? You just, uh, who's got the gas switch? Who's got the gas switch? You turn on going, I got a fire. You don't have a fire. That's hard work. You know what? I've got one. You've got to get in there and put some paper in there. I don't use lighter fluid. Who does? Shame on you. You've got to go in there and you've got to start making it work and you're lighting this up and you get a little Kleenex in there and you're lighting it up trying to get it to start. That's hard work. Y'all laughing at me. You know what I mean? Who knows what I mean? That's hard work starting that fire. There's only, okay, there's some more in here. Thank you. Okay, how about over here? Anybody have to do their own fires? It's not, but you know what? It smells good. That, and you have to go in, and every once in a while you got to get the stoker. My, my children like to play with that thing. Is there something about pyromaniacs? So I'm, t- I'm telling you, right? You know, and they go in there and they have to, st- honey, just leave it alone. It's doing fine. No, I got to stoke it up, daddy. Got to stoke it up. Sparks going everywhere. You're, oh, my word, it's going to catch the carpet on fire. But that's not easy work. You've got to kindle. You've got to kindle fresh that flame. Bible says he will give you a gift. And it's given to you by laying on hands. Now, I don't understand that. And don't be freaked out when people say, I'm going to pray for you and put their hand on you. You have to understand something. God wants to do something in you. And never be afraid of that. Bible says it was done all the time. Paul laid hands on him and commissioned him in the power of Jesus Christ to do things, to give gifts, be receiver of gifts, and do his work. And so he said, but kindle afresh the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on hands. So there's a kindling going on. There's a stoking going on. We have to do that. We said, we'll go in God's presence. When we allow all that fresh and new come in and we stoke up that fire, we got to stoke it up. That's our responsibility, not God's. If you're not getting in the presence of God, you're not in his word, and you're not coming before him and ask God, start anew and afresh in me. If you're not around good, healthy Christian friends that are encouraging you to f- keep you aflame and fresh, there's times that you stumble. Who says yes? You know what I'm saying. There's times where you, oh, you're just trying to get through the day. Try to get through the day, and I need encouragement. And all of a sudden, you get a call from somebody just thinking about you, praying for you. And you felt, God, thank you for that encouragement. We need to keep afresh. We have to do it ourselves. We don't run. Guys, listen to me. Don't run away from the church when things are getting terrible in your home. That's the first thing guys do. They kind of back up and say, well, I just, you know, I'll take care of this. I'm going to be a man. know what I'm saying. I do it too. We, we, we're like that. Well, I can take care of this. It's on the man of the house, I can take care of this. What we find out is we're distancing ourselves from God's hands, his people that are going to encourage you. Who has trouble with that? Guys, who has trouble always being open and honest? <laughs> the wives are pointing to the husband. I see him. Oh, husband, you need to raise your hand on that one. I've been talking to you for a while here, and you haven't, you haven't been doing what you should do. God knows, he understands, but he needs us to come together because we need to kindle afresh the gift. We have to do that within each one of us, and that's what we're here to do. We pray for one another. We encourage one another, right? Let's go on. It says, do not neglect the spiritual gift. Now, this is what Paul was speaking about when he told Timothy about the laying on hands. Go back to 1 Timothy 4.15, and you'll see where he talks about this laying of hands. And even back then, he says, do not neglect the spiritual gift within you, 
which was bestowed on you through prophetic utterance with the laying on of hands by the presbytery. Okay, so he says, now I'm taking you back, Timothy. Here I'm going to remind you of what we said before. When you're commissioned and ordained to take the church, I'm telling you right now, do not neglect. We can do that. Right thinking, right thinking, not wrong thinking. Let's not do that to ourselves. Well, let's go on to this back to 2 Timothy. The kindle afresh the gift of God. It's stirring up fire when it is almost extinct and thereby causing it to burn with a fresh flame. Now, I would not have known that about Timothy. We all thought Timothy was having his, had everything in order. We thought because Paul, but as soon as Paul was put in prison, and as soon as there was a distance between the two, Timothy's starting to feel that he is not worthy of his calling. He's starting to have trouble putting it all in perspective. God, I don't know if I could do this. You ever felt that before? I don't know if I could do this anymore. Pastors are leaving the churches all over the place. Why? Because they don't feel they can do it anymore. People are leaving the churches, I, I, leadership, and they, they get offended. Something happens, and all of a sudden they're leaving, and I don't think I can do this anymore. And Christ says, you can do all things through the strength I give you. And so I don't know what happens to it's wrong thinking. He doesn't like me anymore, or she doesn't like, why is she looking at me that way? And, and before you know, there's a fence building up. People are leaving. Pastor says, I can't handle this conflict anymore. I, I just can't do it. I can't handle people always angry at each other and, and arguing. It's not the church that brings pastors out. It's not the building. It's the people. And so what we need is this. Paul says it to Timothy. Timothy, you're, you're taking over things here. I know I'm in prison. I know you're having a tough time. And I know you think that because I'm in prison that I don't care and love you. That's not true. And he says this is stir up. Stir that fire. Don't let it go out. Don't let it go out. Trust me. You're going to do fine. I'm going to encourage you. And as Timothy got that into his heart, he starts to think rightly and stays on the church where he's called and starts to raise it up the way it's supposed to be done. We need each other. Right? We need each other. You're not a lone ranger. Anybody ever watched that when you were a kid? Lone ranger. Yeah, I remember lone ranger. Tonto. Okay, I've just dated myself. Right? Is that right, Tonto and lone ranger? Somebody told me that Tonto means what? No, I don't think it does. Someone have to Google that because I, what he was calling him wasn't very nice. But anyway, let's go on. Okay, Paul speaks. And the last part of this is, for God has not given us a spirit of timidity. Now, timidity is a big word. Often we get, get caught up in that timidity. I don't, I, I don't, I'm not timid. It's not that kind of word. The word here, timidity, means cowardly. <laughs> cowardly. Afraid to do something, afraid to face something that you have opposition, afraid to go against something that you feel is bigger and stronger than you. You are a coward. I don't know about you. I don't, as a guy, is anybody like to be called a coward? No, don't call me that. For God has not given us a spirit of cowardness, but of power, love, and of sound mind or discipline mind. Okay, so that we, we know that scripture, don't we? We like to rattle it off, but God has not given you a 
a, tim- a mind or a spirit. Does not get you a spirit of timidity, of cowardly. He gives you a spirit of love, power, and sound mind. I like saying that. Feels good. So, timidity, cowardly, to be fear-driven. How many of us are really living out our lives in a fearful way? You're going to find yourself in a place where you are stepping out of God's reason and calling for those times. Don't let fear rise up. You've got to kill it. Kindle that fresh, that new flame in you. Kindle it up. God, I love you. I'm here to serve you. I don't care what I'm facing. I know that you're here for me. I'm trusting you. I'm going to bring up somebody you might recognize. Now, there's a man that's going to inspire us today. Okay? It's going to test out some of you. Because back in his day, he was the man that was not a cowardly man. All the movies you saw him in, he was like that kind of guy that kind of, woo, 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 right? Who's, who watches the old cowboy movie? See that? Oh, I even, there's a young lady here doing it, too. It's like, I'm in there. Do you guys know what shoe size he had? He's a small shoe. I felt pretty tough when I went and saw a shoe size in Hollywood. I didn't, I'm a bigger man than him. No. But he, you know, he was a symbol of braveness back in the day. Well, let's see some of his lines. Are you guys ready for this? John Wayne, what do you got to say? Well, he says this, courage is being scared to death, but saddle up anyway. Somebody can tell me the movie? Nah, don't go there. Okay, next one. Courage is being scared to death, but saddle up anyway. Okay, ready for the next one? All right. Well, there are some things a man just can't run away from. You feeling better today? John doing some things in your heart today? All right, we're on a good pathway here then. That's good. Well, there we go. There's a woo over there. Okay, young fella, if you're looking for trouble, I'll accommodate you. Obviously, he was old in those days, right? <laughs> That's one of his films. He was probably an old guy. All right. You guys feeling it? Okay. I'm glad. I'm going to see another one then. A man's got to do what a man's got to do. Okay. I'm encouraged. Back in the day, that really did stir people up. He watched those movies, and he'd pull out those one-liners, and man be like, oh, yeah. He'd pull his gun out, and he's like, well, yeah, John Wayne is my favorite. He's a, he's a man. Man's got to do what a man's got to do. Well, let's move on. <laughs> Power. Power. God did not give you a spirit of timidity, but of what? Power, love, and sound mind. Let's look at power. Power is to vanquish fear and release courage to stand and defeat the works of the enemy in the midst of dangers and troubles. That's what it's for. That's the kind of power. It's not to be wasted. It's to do what? It's to take care of the enemy's work and destroy it. I am tired of what he's doing. Are you? Power to take it on and do. For the believers, power to achieve by applying the Lord's inherent abilities. Power through God's ability. That makes sense? Not ours, but his. Let's go to love. Love says this, for God and all his mankind 
compelling us to zealousness and diligence to serve his will and save souls. I'm telling you, he has got a business, and it's called the Father's business, and you've been employed. You are an employer, an employment, I would say your employee, there it is. You are an employee of the king, and he's got you right where he wants. Now he wants to fix your mind. He's got to fix this to get you on board with what he's going to do. And then, of course, there is sound mind, giving us a clear and disciplined road of thought to act according to best reason and truth of God's holy word. You cannot have best reason without the truth of God's word. You cannot think the way you should unless the word of God is leading your reasoning. Don't reason it. Lean not on your own understanding. You guys can be in trouble if you rely on your own reasoning. Well, you know, that happened last week, and I'm experienced at this, and so I'm not going to do that anymore. Because look what happened last week. And your enemy sits back and laughs at you. You are so easy to manipulate because you are doing wrong thinking. God is the God of his word. If his word says it, he'll do it. He is faithful to it, isn't he? Best reason and truth of God's holy word. Let's do this today. We've got another chapter two on that. But I don't want to go right into chapter two of that. Okay, I want to, I want to leave it right there. Okay, Bible says this. You can hear the word of God and you can let it get deep inside. You can let the seed be planted. I'm telling you today that you must be doers of God's word. That you cannot hear the word of God. You can't read it at home. You can't hear it on Sundays in your small groups and everything you're involved in. Hear God's word and say, yeah, that's that I need encourage and do nothing. He is putting together a body to be used. And you happen to be here. You may think, well, I'm just kind of coming to church. You are part of God's holy family, holy priesthood, called for a purpose. And when I believe in this word's telling me, okay, I've read this scripture hundreds of times. I mean, literally, this one is one of my life verses. Because people come to me all the time in fear. What they face is in fear. I don't know about you. If you're in a, in a place of counsel with people, you're going to find a majority of the issues is fear. It's fear. Marriages are falling apart. Why? Fear. And I'm telling you, what we need to be doing is we need to be right thinking. God, God says, let me transform you by the renewing of your mind. Renew it. I mean, I wish, I wish when we give our lives to Jesus that he would take that moment and go, okay, I'm going to fix everything, even the way you think. Wouldn't it be great? I mean, when you get in God's arms and you surrender your life to him, he does open it up and all of a sudden you, the veil is removed and you think, wow, I'm starting to see things a lot differently now. You see things different, but are you thinking different? You've got to change this. And the only way to do it is through his word, in his presence, in, with the Holy Spirit guiding you into what? I love it. God, thank you that you give us the Holy Spirit when we become saved. Because it says that spirit will lead us into all truth. The way you think is not how God sees you. We do that. We are our worst enemies. 
we really are and come to a realization God I've got to stop thinking that way about myself I'm not a coward there's times that I'm afraid but I'm trusting you I'm not a coward I'm not unworthy stop telling yourself you're unworthy because Jesus died for you you are worthy